The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, November 27th, 2017, wow. season 13, episode number 82. Welcome to another edition of The Break. 82, huh? It is 82. You got something to say about that? No, that changed? Is that different? Cool. Jason Witten. Good. He's here for good practice. 82. He's going to be here for a while, right? Talking no, I'm leaving not for a while. Soon. Like, he's not going to be leaving anytime soon, right? I don't know. Depends on what you read. <laughs> How's everybody doing the this air? I mean, it's on Twitter. You can talk about it if you want to. It's Twitter just... sometimes is dumb. That's a that's a, an example of Twitter being dumb. Leading into the show, we were having a conversation about a report on Twitter that Jason Witten's going to leave the Cowboys to coach Tennessee college football. Like, leave not today. Like, happening. Of course not. It's funny, though. No, dumb is what it is. Like, college football coaching searches, are it's one of my favorite things that happens every year. Like, this crazy stuff that gets put out there, the crazy stuff that fans do, it's just great. Yeah, yesterday was a pretty crazy and amazing That's day. That's a new chapter. Like, right up there with what happened to Bobby Petrino at Arkansas, and then when an army of Auburn fans was waiting for Gene Chizik to boo him the day he got hired. He, he won a national title. That's okay. Right. But... Yeah. And then got fired. Like, college football is insane. It is. Anyway. That's the fun of college football, yeah. right? Sorry. How's everybody doing this day? Great. Amber, you good? Good. Have a good Thanksgiving? Uh, yeah, I did. Good. I mean, <laughs> hasn't been the best weekend or week. I'm confused some days. But it's Thursday today. <laughs> right. Yeah. Today's it's a Thursday, Thursday for it's us. Like a Thursday, yeah. Um, it could be better. <laughs> yeah, I'll just say that. Yeah. I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. Nick, you good? Um. I mean, yeah, I guess it could be better. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Well, we never yeah. got a chance. Go ahead. Saying it is what it is. We have never still haven't gotten a chance to talk about what happened last Thursday. And <laughs> so so I don't know if we've we've really gotten a chance to kind of get that all out of our system just yet. I know you guys wrote a lot of articles and talked a lot about it. Uh, but we'll take a little bit of time today during the show just to talk a little bit and more from a big picture standpoint. I, I don't think we're going to go back and really judge up all you don't the, want to all the craziness of that game. But uh, but we will talk from a big picture standpoint about what happened on Thursday. Um, Nick, do you have something you want to say? Mm, no. Okay, I'll so, start if we want to start talking. Well, about actually, before game. we do that, though, I wanted to get into the news from yesterday. We'll get to that. But I think there was some news that was at least interesting mm-hmm. from the standpoint that it's something we've been kind of wondering when it was going to happen or if it was going to happen. Uh, yesterday, the Cowboys decide they're going to make a move uh, on Darren McFadden. And, it's, a and actually, fashion style. it's a style. All right. Sorry. What's the problem? Nothing. Just talking. You know? He's Sorry. not paying attention to it. I'm paying attention to cut Darren McFadden. <laughs> I know exactly what happened. Sorry. Okay, so tell me why. Why now? Oh, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> All of a sudden, <laughs> you can't talk anymore. Not, I don't know why. I'll let Dave say why. Well, I mean, the why that... He said it. Jason Garrett said it. Said it. Oh, well, then he that said, means it's true. We'll give you the opportunity to find a new home That's in another place. <laughs> they don't they, they don't think he's good enough to be their primary back. And He's a good football player. That's and he has been for a long time. They don't think he's good enough to be their primary back, and he doesn't have a role on special teams. And when you're talking about getting 46 men into uniform for a game day, 
uh, your number three running back should have more roles than just getting carries. I mean, that that's that is the football logic. Whether I completely buy that, I don't know. Like it it it, it reminds me of the Darius Jackson thing from last year. I'm just like, you liked him enough to carry him this far. Like he was inactive. He's been inactive. 12 or 10 of the 11 games you've played and you liked him enough to keep him anyway all the way up until basically December and then you're just like nah we're good like why and you know they still they have two real running backs like Keith Smith is there but he's not a running back and so I mean like the NFL teams carry three that's what they do maybe four if you count your fullback well, they have I was gonna say you, you don't count Trey oh Williams. well I no. forgot they promoted Trey Williams but it's okay and and he can play special teams but you're saying he's a more viable option for depth if these guys get hurt than a, a guy with 2,000 yard seasons on his resume and who has looked good in this offense like it just it just sounds so weird to me that and even, even if you keep him inactive He's still there as as depth if you need him if something happens to one of these guys. I mean, you still got to play three games before Ezekiel Elliott can come back. It's just it's just weird to me. Was it did it at all strike you as um, at least I saw some of the reports that were saying that this was kind of a mutual thing. Could this also have been a situation where Darren was pushing for guys? Look, I'm I'm inactive here. I really would like to play. I'm like my my clock is ticking very quickly. My career will be over very soon. If I can get on with another team, if I could have just a little bit more time to play somewhere, I'd love to do it. And maybe that helped the Cowboys say, you know, you ain't really helping us. We're not really using you. That's a fair thing. Here you go. We'll let you go. I think that's probably very close to what happened. I think being inactive against the Eagles after finally getting activated against the Falcons, I think was surprising to him. And mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I'm not saying he like threw a tirade right. or anything, but he's just like, hey, Come on, man. Like, I've been good to y'all. I dealt with this all last year. I've been a good soldier all year this year. If you're just going to leave me on the shelf, like, you know, how many carries do I have left in the NFL? Like, let me go try something else. And I think they were probably like, you know what? That's fine. Who was the one that said that heard him kind of talk about retirement? He said it. I I didn't hear him. After the Eagles game, uh, somebody was like, I mean, this was like the Tuesday heading into Thanksgiving. They were like, you know, does this make you think about your future at all? And he was like, absolutely, it does. Like, I'm going to have to sit down when the season's over and, like, think a lot about this and, you know, try to decide, like, do I want to keep playing? Like, that type. And it was was pretty surprising because, I mean, I know he's older for a running back, but I think of him as still being capable of playing. I mean, he's looked fine in the opportunities that he's gotten. So the interesting thing is that this age of his career, this stage of his career, like it's it's not fun. Not that it is for anybody, but it's not fun at this stage of your career to practice all week every week and then come Sunday not be playing. Like that's that's where you start to wonder if you're him. I'm sure he has to wonder like, is this worth it? Like what I'm putting in is it worth what I'm getting out of this? I'm not being able to have the most fun that you can have, which is actually going out and playing on game day. Young guys have to do that in order to make their way onto the active roster and then actually being able to play. But he's already proven himself to some degree that he's a capable NFL player. And he can probably, I mean, he can see the writing on the wall the same way we can. Is like this offense is struggling to score points. They're averaging seven points a game since Zeke got suspended. And Alfred Morris has been fine, but the running game in general hasn't been this dominant force. And so to get inactivated in a situation like that where, like, he obviously has to feel like he can help. I mean, that probably stings a, a good bit. Yeah. So. Talk to me about Trey Williams. What 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 kind of role can he feel? I know you said he plays special teams. As a running back, is there anything that he can add to this team that you don't already have? Does he have some asset that the other running backs currently on the roster don't have? 
I don't know how good his hands are, but I, he's quick and shifty. He's a smaller guy, so if you want him to be that third down type of back, maybe he could do that. I I also don't know how good his pass protection is. He's he's been he's one of those classic like he's bounced around a lot. I actually asked him yesterday, like this is your second time on a 53. So he's been in the NFL for probably four years, and this is his second time up on a 53. So a lot of a lot of practice squad snaps for him. So. Um, I would expect if he's even active, I would expect his role to be more special teams than in the offense, at least for the time being. Cowboys uh, also made another move, a couple moves, actually. They uh, waived Mike Nugent. Uh, The assumption is Dan Bailey's 100% healthy. I think that's kind of what we expect at this point. But uh, they signed Dayton Jones, uh, who is a defensive end. Nick, tell me a little bit about him. Where is he from, and uh, what can fans expect from him? I think it's the – Raiders. I think that's the only team he hasn't played for is the Raiders. <laughs> hasn't played. Yeah, maybe the Chiefs. That's about it, though. Now, everybody in the NFC he's pretty much played for. He's one of those teams he's bounced around several times. I know Packers, Vikings, Lions, 49ers. Uh, 49ers. Seems like a couple others. I mean, he's probably one of those guys that just looks the part, looks really good. I mean, if he was a first-round pick and somebody thought he was good, so let's give him a try. But he seems to me like he's sort of out of position a little bit or out of shape or both that he doesn't seem like was he like 6 63 285 something like that where yeah. I mean it's a good size for a defensive end on the outside but he's kind of got the body type to play some inside and so he seems like kind of an uh, a tweener a little bit on where to play him um but he he calls himself a pass rusher and that's probably what they're going to give him an opportunity to do was this an area where you felt like they needed some some depth, needed some extra bodies? Not really, to be uh, honest with you. I mean, the pass rush has dropped off in these last two games for sure. Um, but not to the, no. I mean, if there were, if you were like, you need to go sign a guy on short notice to play a role as quickly as possible, that's not where I would have said that you need it. I probably would have said linebacker or somewhere in the secondary. I asked Brian this question because I was wondering, I'm like, why would you go for a defensive end or pass rusher? or someone in the defensive line. And basically his reasoning is like, well, you start thinking about the Marcus Lawrence contract coming up. Maybe this is something that they're looking for the future, like next season. And they decided to go ahead and start preparing for that. Now, I don't know how good he is for someone to be here long-term, but I don't find another reasoning for it. I mean, that's an interesting point. Maybe he becomes like, uh, like your Mincy kind of guy, a bridge-type player that maybe you can get a year of decent production from in the event that you can't, uh, can't re-sign a DeMarcus Lawrence or you have some other issues uh, there at the defensive end where you need a body. But uh, I don't know. That, 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 that still seems, seems like a, a, a strange, that seems like a strange time to do that. Yeah. You know? but, uh, but, again, it's like you look at the time of – the year right now where they're at, a defensive end would not be a position I would ever think of them wanting to, you know, find someone to come in and help at. Yeah. One other change that I heard that uh, it sounded like Jason was kind of intimating they may t- make is a cornerback uh, making some changes there. What, do you, what are you guys expecting to happen at the cornerback position? And, and the big question, well, I guess it's not even a question because a lot of people think they know the answer, but your opinions as to why. Well, the Chargers had, I mean, whatever you could consider a big play on offense, I guess about 15 yards in the passing game, 
they had 11 of them in the game. They had one on every single series that they were on the field. Phillip Rivers got the ball at least to somebody for 15 yards or more, and a lot of times it was a lot more. Uh, so that's bad. That's bad. The Eagles did it a few times. The Falcons did it a few times. Secondary is struggling, and it sounds like they're going to try to make some kind of changes with whatever they have. They don't have a lot of options there. I guess they're going to try. Cheeto will, will practice some in there. Maybe Ben Wickery will get in there. I would imagine Anthony Brown probably doesn't start um, anymore. But, I mean, you, they're all going to have to play. So. Lewis might not either. From yeah. what I mean, that was kind of the sounds of it, is that they're just going to try to create some competition, as Jason Garrett likes to say. It reminds me a lot of Week 6, 2015. Uh, they had, they went on their bye. They lost to the Patriots 30-6. to It was the most lopsided of those three games that they lost heading into that bye. And they came back, and they made a bunch of changes. They promoted Matt Castle over Brandon Whedon. They gave the starting running back job to Darren McFadden over Joseph Randall. Um, I don't – you know, they kind of shook things up, which – I mean, maybe they don't want to sound the alarm to the media, but, like, you lose three games, and especially in this fashion, it, I mean, do some tinkering. Got to, do yeah. something. Make, make, I mean, even, again, yeah, you're in the middle like of the season. defer se- to the second half hey, or something. Hey, I, <laughs> it, I mean, you're preaching to the choir. I think you and I are finally on the same page with that. But Ugh. you got, I mean, you have to consider some changes when you've been getting beat the way they've been getting beat. There's not a lot you can do in the, you know, Sunday to Sunday grind of the season, but... Try something. And that's why, you know, and and maybe Dayton Jones will be an awesome player, but I would have thought maybe there's got to be an experienced cornerback Secondary. somewhere in the league that, that could come in. and we got Revis a few weeks ago. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Are there any other positions on this team or players on this team that you would consider making changes uh, to that position or that player? Um, are there guys that, that are younger guys that maybe you would – if for nothing else, then to to tinker with it and kind of just get a new fresh person in there, and to show that the other players that maybe aren't playing as up as well as you need them to play, that the consequences are, then you won't play as much as you've been playing. Are there other positions where you can think of where you'd say I'd make a change? Um, not really. I think a few weeks ago you might have said you know Xavier Woods, but he's played some and he hasn't played that well either. So. I don't know. I, I can't see a young guy that's just. I mean, I get you could maybe say Noah Brown. I was going to mention Noah. That's Brown. That's where I was going to go. But I, I the receivers are taking a lot of heat right now for for just not being able to get open. I think we can all agree that the Cowboys making the playoffs is very very unlikely, if just outright not going to happen. Right? Like we're I think all, it's very. Un, I think it's unlikely at this point. You certainly can say that. Okay. Uh, but that playoffs. Thank you, Jim. Uh, I this I don't think the season's far enough gone that you may that you do something like that. You know, like that's a that's a real deal give up move is to like put I mean who you put Noah Brown on the field in favor of Terrence, Terrence Williams, Williams yeah. or or Des Bryant. I mean, those are your established guys. And I mean, we can moan and gripe all we want, but those are the guys that they like, that they back all the time, that they, you know, maintain are good players, and those are those are your starting guys as well. Well, you know it'll be Bryce. Bryce is easy to just kind of well, even you could put him in for that. Um, if, if you want to give him a handful of plays over Bryce Butler, that's fine. But I don't like that's not you're not trying to tinker and intimate change that way. Like that's not enough snaps to really make a difference, in my opinion. But but I think that when you when you have a season like this, and if it's gonna go the way it's gonna go here, where you want to get into the his second year and go well, 
we've we got to see some of Noah Brown here down the stretch. Sure. Well, I, I completely so, agree, but and I, I don't think this team's going to make the playoffs. But five and six, like you're not like it, you're not so far removed that it's impossible, basically. Right. Um, and that does signal to some degree it's you're looking si- at next it, year. It sends and you're not very, out of it. It sends a very clear yet. signal that you're not really looking at this year as a year where you're trying to make the playoffs. Right. Um, if they lose a couple, like you know, if you're going into Christmas Eve and uh, and the Philly game, and and you really just know that you've got nothing to play for, sure. I mean that they brought Jameel Showers up from the practice squad in 2015 in a similar situation. Like that's fine, but I think even as bleak as it looks right now, I think it's too soon to be doing stuff like that. Yeah. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, uh, we do need to talk about this game. Cowboys lose to the San Diego Chargers 28 to six. Los Angeles. I'm sorry, unless I keep calling this out of San Diego. Los Angeles Chargers 28 to six. We need to talk about some of the things that happened in that game. And particularly, I want to ask the question, what has happened to this offense? Who's to blame? How do they get it better? We'll talk about all that stuff when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and uh, it's time for us to take a little stroll back through memory lane of Thursday Thanksgiving Day, and the Cowboys lose to the Los Angeles Chargers 28-6. to Let's talk about what went wrong in that game, because I don't think there was very you much know, that went right. You know how some games are, like, a lot closer than the score? <laughs> this was a lot bigger than the score? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, they they were, like, very giving. They were. I mean, like, they were missing they were, field goals, and then, then their kicker was hurt, and then they had fourth down, they were going for it. I mean, they were, they were like, let's stay in this game, you know? CBS wants us to, to keep this a game for a little while so people will watch, even though they didn't. But, um, 
They also kneeled the ball on the five-yard line. Yeah, I mean, it could have been a lot worse than that. It was ass-kicking. It was probably one of the worst games I've ever seen the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving. It was embarrassment. I said that afterwards on our show. It was embarrassment. It was an embarrassing game for this team to go out and get beat like that. You can lose. That's fine. You're shorthanded. That's great. You don't need to get, get your ass kicked three weeks in a row. I mean, fix it. This is a fix-it league. This is an up-and-down league. But right now, they're just down. And they should be embarrassed for this. This is bad. Let's zero in on the offense. They punted the first five possessions they had in the game. They only had eight possessions. Another two possessions there to end the game. They had interceptions, had a score of touchdown on one possession. But they didn't even get into the Chargers' territory until 16 seconds left in the first half. Uh, That was the first time they actually crossed midfield. It's amazing when you start looking at numbers like that. Uh, This offense – We'll take the ball. (laughs) This offense is just, yeah, and that is, I think that's a really great point because, you know, we've talked about deferring before, and I've always been on the side of always defer, but I understood why Garrett did it. If your offense is as good and prolific as it's been over the last year and a half, then you say, okay, we're going to get the ball, we're going to get out to a quick lead, and that helps our, our whole team when you got to lead. They're not moving the ball. So at some point you have to adjust to that and say, at least give me the ball in the second half where I can maybe get a back-to-back coming out of the first half and possibly get myself back into a game or get myself a little bigger lead. I loved it last year. Like, Matt Hasselbeck all the way. We want the ball and we're going to score. And yeah. they did. And they did, yeah. And it's defensible when you're scoring. And it helps when you're scoring and you're taking the pressure off your defense and building some momentum. But I, I tweeted this out after the game. I've said it on multiple platforms since. They've, done, they've had the ball to start the game 10 times this year. They've punted six of those times. One turnover, two field goals, one touchdown out of 10 possessions to start the game. I don't know how many of those games they actively elected to receive the ball and how many they just wound up with it. I, I don't know the answer to that, but I would assume it's at least half. And, and on the flip side to that, what quarter have they just been demolished in? The third. third. So... Flip the script. I mean, try to get the ball to start the third quarter. I mean, that's one of the reasons why is because, you know, because the other team is getting the balls to start the third, and then that means they probably have more possessions than you, two to one or yeah. maybe three to two or something like that. And it's, it's the same thing the Cowboys did. Like, if if you and, – and it's a trend, so you can tell it's going to happen. Like, they, they just have success in that third quarter coming out of half. I think by the time the Cowboys got the ball for the first time in the third quarter, there was like eight and a half minutes left. Like you, that, they're playing your game against you. They're holding the ball. They're tiring out your defense. I want to say the Falcons, Eagles, and Chargers came out of the third quarter and just went and scored. Yeah, they all no. Yeah, every time. Uh huh. I think actually. Um, what about the Redskins? The, I mean, believe, what about the Chiefs? The Chiefs, the Chiefs did, did it too. It's four games in a row. That and it, and it's not it's not like big play like quick strike. No, it's, it's like, like methodical seventy five yards. You know, five to eight minutes off the clock, like that type of stuff. Four games in a row. So do you think that part of the problem here, and I'm not I think there are tons of problems, but I think do you think part of the problem is specifically with this deferring and I think there are other areas, Nick, you wrote a little bit about this in your article coming out of the game, is the fact that Garrett, whether you want to call it stubborn or whether it's just that he believes so firmly in the idea we're gonna do what we do and he gets it in his mind, this is what we do, and so he's not willing to adapt as quickly as maybe is necessary. It has to beat him over the head before he finally will say, okay, I got to do something different. Yeah, I call it like a, it's a blind arrogance. 
you know, you, you, it's not like you're trying to go out and be that way. But you're, you're right. You're so confident in what you do and what your players can do. And, and I said it about this next man up theory. I, I don't, I'm not buying into the next man up theory if that's what you're banking on. If you're saying, hey, Tyron's out, Chaz, you're in. And just let's just go play. Alfred, you're in. Let's play. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't. And, and the and the irony is, Jason Garrett was a, a backup for this team for eight to nine years. And when Troy Aikman was out of the game, the game plan was totally different because Garrett was different. Garrett couldn't make those throws, those out throws to Irvin, and couldn't those deep ends. You know, he had to throw it deep, dump it off short, alter the game plan a little bit because he was different. It, you can you can change the game plan around the the players you have, and not just say this is what we do. And next man up, deal with it. And I think that's kind of arrogant in a way because it's not working. I mean, those guys aren't as good. And if they were as good, they wouldn't. They'd be starters somewhere. Yeah. You th- sorry. No. Go ahead. Just yeah. I, arrogant sounds right. I just you know I go back to the phrase he loves to throw around. What the, I mean, there's control what you can control, but there's also focus on ourselves. And I think I think you can kind of get blinded. Like sometimes you need to focus on the other team. Mm-hmm. I, I focus on ourselves. Like we're just not executing the right way, and that's why we're not scoring to start the game, or that's why they're scoring to start the third quarter. Like play to the odds. Look at the trends. Look at what's happening. Look what they're doing, and change your behavior based on that. Like that's okay. It's not a sign of weakness to change something based on what you're seeing. That's you know, a great. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, going back, I remember last year I was gonna, I was walking into the studio right after he got done shooting his show, and I can't remember what it was exactly. It was something super, super insignificant that apparently um, the TV crew had made a change, and he was like, "No, guys, this is not how we've been doing it the whole time." You need. You need to put it back how it was. And it was something completely, like, insignificant. Like the chairs or something, the way it was something set up. Something about the chairs. I don't remember, but you would look at it, and it's like, seriously? And I remember when I heard that, I'm like, okay, that tells me a lot about how he is and how he, te- you know, coaches this team. And looking back at that, he's that type of person that he doesn't change things. Well, He's going to stick to what he has been doing. I will say this. In fairness, last year, from what I understand – Coach was very adamant that they keep everything exactly the same because they were winning. And he was like, he was being superstitious and just like, look, we're winning. Let's not change this hey, up. Let's do what we do. That sounds great. So I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, just to be fair right. about so kind of what's going to play said, that way. Then when you're losing, you then, then why don't change? you change? Yeah. yeah. Why don't you? I mean, and the question was asked to him yesterday, you know, in his, in his walk off the press conference, you know, not asking you to do, you know, run a, the run and shoot offense here or, or a three, four scheme or something like that. But when, it, when do you say, Hey, let's make some changes here. And he, he said that that's what they do. They do make changes, but not really. You don't see it. If they, you do. really, you really don't see it. Although I bet we're great today to, to again, to be fair. I mean, it's not like they're making changes now. Maybe it's not going to be enough to dig them out of this funk. But that's my point is like they'll tell you one thing and they'll, you know, we're going to do what we're going to do. But behind the scenes and the stuff that they're not sharing with us, I mean, they they see the problem like they're going to work on it. Apparently, like guys might be getting benched. Somebody got cut. I, don't, I mean, yeah. What would you guys think about this? And I, I think I threw this out to Dave maybe after the game. What would you guys think about the possibility of Garrett coming in this week and saying, OK, look, Linhan, I just want to give us a different look I just want to give a different see if I can spark the offense I'm going to call the plays this week and let's just see how it goes would you guys want to see him because I, I you know I, I think he still gets the criticism he's not a great game manager but I will say this 
when he was calling plays for the offense, this, he had some years where this offense was really, really good. And, and if nothing else, then to just give a different, fresh set of eyes to play calling on game day, and maybe that kind of finds these little ways that you can create some opportunities for guys to get open and create some opportunities to get some extra yardage on plays. Do you think that's worth a, ch- a change that's worth making at this point? Sure. I mean, at this point, anything. I mean, you've scored the, uh, single-digit points in three straight games. Uh, you're not doing anything with the ball. Um, you know, as great as Zeke is, and, man, we're finding out how, how really good he is. So important to this team. Yeah, I think he's the second most valuable player in the NFL right now. You know, behind Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. But I will say this. Their team played really, well, really well last night without Aaron Rodgers. Well, their coach how about is better. That? I mean, they're, they're co- – and – Continuity is a big deal in coaching, and I've said this, uh, you know, a lot of times when people want to call in and, and you know bash Garrett and all that. But but the, the reason why Jerry has kept Garrett for so long is he believes in continuity, believes in continuity in his staff, and, and you see some of the really good teams and the teams that can handle the adversity are the ones that kind of have been around for a long time, and they doesn't just blow it up every time, every three years when it doesn't go well. But we're not seeing it right now. We're not seeing. The adversity to say and the ability to say, all right, we got this guy. Let's fix it. Let's fix this injury. It's not happening. Like this is a stretch that's really uncharted territory, I guess, for the, the Garrett era. Yeah, because even in the in the parts of Garrett's era where they had some difficulties winning games, they always were competitive. It seemed like it, yeah. it certainly wasn't a situation where you were used to seeing Garrett's teams go out and just get blown out. And that's happened four times this season. That, to like, me, is extremely uncommon like, for, for Garrett. When I said this, and help me on the years, Kyle Orton, last game of the season. 13. 13, okay. Just that whole bunch is just. Yeah, sure. It, it just kind of, if it was 8-8, eight and eight, it's just one of those years. <laughs> but um, they, when they, they beat the Redskins with, Romo was hurt, yeah. and he hurt his back. And so I, I thought that saved Garrett. Because if, if they would have gone the next game and lost with Romo, I think they would have probably fired Garrett. But because Kyle Orton came in, and played that last game, you know, I think that saved him another year, and it turned out to be a, a smart choice because they went 12-4. and four. But they were competitive, though. You know, Kyle Orton was in the game. They had a chance. They almost won. They were competitive. This team has not been competitive when their stars are out. Well, that's, I mean, my stock line for the last two years is, like, you know, criticize Jason Garrett all you want, but his teams fight hard. I mean, in 2015, they went 4-12. and 12. Seven of those 12 losses were by a touchdown or less. Like, the, and... You know, they lost to the Jets by 10, and they lost to the Bills by 10. And they, you know, even the Patriots beat them 30 to 6, but it wasn't lopsided no. until late in the fourth quarter. You right. know, like they, and it's, uh, it's pretty, I'm still kind of processing just how bad these beatings have been. And yeah, I mean, it's absolutely fair to throw Denver in there too, even though it was September. I mean, I would bet four of the, you know, four of the, Five biggest losses of Garrett's tenure have been this season, if I had yeah. to guess. I mean, I got to go back and look at it, but that sounds right, at least. Yeah. I mean, and, all right, Amber, are you buying into this first half? Like, well, they're playing well in the first half, but the second half, it goes, I mean, is that a good thing? I think Garrett kind of hangs his hat on that. Like, you know, we're hanging in there in the first half. It's horrible. Like, it's not, <laughs> I mean, no, like, especially this last few games, it's like you're not scoring points. And you talk about the defense. Like, yeah, we know their defense is not great, but I feel like at least they've been kind of – that's the side I would say, okay, they're holding on to it on the defense side. Right. side. If the offense is not scoring point, then, okay, now the defense starts getting tired. I mean, like I said, 
last week, I think it was. I look at the at the game, I'm watching it, and maybe I take a sip of water, look down for a second, and then next thing I look back up and the offense is already getting off the field. It's like in and out. They they aren't doing anything. And from what I hear, players are feeling like they're not being put in their best position. I mean, they feel like coaching wise, they're not, you know, they're not allowing them to do their best or kind of help them position them in a way that um, they're capable to have success based on their abilities. And it's interesting that you say that because I think that if you look at how these games are playing out, it kind of bears it out a little bit, especially on the defensive side of the ball, because first half defense is playing pretty well. And then it gets to a point in the game where the other team kind of starts just rattling off scores. And the Cowboys offense is bad throughout the game. They haven't been able to really get rhythm in any of these games. But the defense, it just gets to a point in the game where it seems like the other team just kind of figures it out. And once they figure it out, they start pouring it on. And the, the Cowboys' defense is somewhat helpless to be able to yeah. stop it. And and so there there could be a lot of factors. I don't think it's just one thing on both sides of the ball. I think that's just one of the, the, the particular things. But I think it does kind of point to what you're saying, that that there's just kind of this situation where doesn't it feels like the team feels a little bit helpless at times. Like, what are we supposed to do? I don't know how to fix this. And they, no one seems to know the answers. And that's where you have to look at the coaches because the coaches have to be the ones ultimately to find the answer because if your players aren't being able to execute – Go like what you were saying earlier about executing. Well, if the players aren't able to execute, then the coaches got to give them something else to execute because they're not obviously right. doing Des, well with what they're Des giving. Bryant has enough talent that you can you can find ways to to make this work with him and Terrence Williams too. I mean, these guys they can move the ball, but it's not it's not happening. And and I said this last week before the game, they need to take the take more shots down the field because. If anything, it'll just stretch the stretch the defense out. Even if you're not going to convert all the time, it will move the safeties back. And Lord knows you need the safeties to get back a little bit of the way they're running the ball. I think that they have to show them that you can run by them. And even if you, even if you're not going to run by them, you still throw it up there. I mean, Des can maybe make the play. We've seen Bryce go make the play. Terrence. You know, he, he's not really a 50-50 player, but he can, you know, we've seen him get by the defense before. And I think in that one drive when it was just like, all right, screw it, we're going to go throw the ball. They, that's the only time they've moved the ball was just kind of throwing down the field. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes they'll throw P.I. Yeah. So that's you, you'll take that too. You'll take that 30-yard penalty. But I'll say this. I don't, I don't think they necessarily have to throw downfield more. I, I'm looking at things like, there are, there are ways, if you're having a hard time getting your receivers open, then there are ways to get guys open, whether that's rub routes, whether that's doing those crossing routes, whether that is stacking your receivers so it's hard to be able to bump them off the line of scrimmage. Like, there are ways but see, that with the talent, it goes to what you're okay. saying, with the talent you have, especially with a guy like Des Bryant, there should be ways you can manufacture getting okay. him open that's what so I'm that saying. he can make catches. That's what I'm saying. Use the field more. There, There's a lot of green out there. Use it. When you're at the 40-yard line, you have 60 yards of green. Use that area down there, and that's what I'm saying by getting them open. Let Bryce go deep, throw it to him a couple times, and then all of a sudden, Cole Beasley running his rub routes, it has a little bit more room to breathe. Instead, they just bunch everything up, they run these short routes, and nobody's ever getting open. And You're not making the defense really work to do anything. So do you think, that's do you think why anybody I, can consistently beat them on those deep routes to make them say, "Hey, we're going to actually loosen this up." Because that's the thing. Yeah, you can maybe hit you know two in a game, 
and and maybe get a PI. That'd be great. That'd be great. But what I'm saying is, does that scare the defense enough to say, hey, we're going to accept that because that's the only time they move the ball. We're going to accept that rather okay. than loosening up. Loosening up, we just let that guy have that. We'll give him that. But go back to the Arizona game. How many times did it work? Maybe two times a game. Two times. Bryce. I had Zeke up there. Okay. That changes things, right? A little bit. Yeah, it does. But I'm just saying, only twice a game, twice in that game, did they they throw it deep, and Bryce made a couple of plays, and it was the difference in the game. So I'm saying a PI here for 40 yards and a catch here for 50 yards, maybe a touchdown, that might be the difference in making a game. And and I think just the threat of that, could open things up in the middle. I mean, you got to try something. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I think the the problem still becomes I don't think there's anybody right now on this offense that scares opposing defenses. There's nobody that they think on any given play can take it to the house. And, and so speed. <laughs> here we go with that again. I mean, it, <laughs> am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. But, but it's clear like? that that's not going to be a that's not yeah. going to be something they're going to get this year. <laughs> yeah. So was I right? <laughs> I was right. Go, Dave. I, I mean, there's something to be said for that. I I don't. There's think, a lot to be said I about everything. I don't think it needs to even be that drastic. I don't. I mean, and you know, I don't call the plays. Let's call the plays. You call the plays, Dave. You got <laughs> the headset on. Seriously, what would you do this week? You're can I can I get some stuff like my guy Jamison Crowder does, or like the Chargers did? Like, let's have let's make some defensive backs chase the receivers all the way across the front. Right. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Like it. I don't think you even need to be again like bombing away. I don't know that that's Who's your Crowder though. Switzer. I I mean Des can do that. I like stuff. I like it's any one Jameson of these receivers in situations where yeah. going across field. Like any one of these guys going across field, they're gonna have a better chance of getting open. That is the hardest way to cover a man if right. man to man is if they're going across the field. I think we're kind of skipping over the elephant in the room here because we saw what Rivers did in the game. We saw that he sits there and we we know why Romo snapped the ball with one second. We know why Peyton Manning did it. You want to give yourself the, the, the most time, and that is something that Dak just doesn't have right now. He's going to maybe develop into that, but right now he doesn't have the ability to look out there, see what's going on, and go, oh, man, if we move him here, slide him here, he's going to have a linebacker on him. That's just not his thing right now. He And, and you know what? This is the This is the – the flip side of him just going right into the game early and not really seeing it. He's just having to play feet first, head first, whatever. And I, I just, that's not his strong point right now. He can't do the things that, of course, he's not Philip Rivers, but he can't do those things that Romo did, Rivers did, that can kind of scheme his players open right now. That they the did at the their state at that stage in their career too, because Romo wasn't doing those Romo things in playing. the second year. It, it's not a fault. Rivers wasn't doing that in second. No, like, this is not. And I'm even saying second year as a player. Like I'm saying second year as actually starting. Yeah. I don't think most of those guys were doing the things that that you're asking, or that they were doing by late but, later in their. Career. But they can't out athlete anyone, especially now without Zeke. They can't. They don't have the better athletes. They don't have the better matchup. So you have to scheme it, and sometimes that's, you have to do it on the fly, and that's just not Dak's style right, right now. That's actually Dak was talking about that yesterday was like, you know, and he wasn't like trying to throw anybody under the bus, but he was like, it's like, you know, we need to make that one guy miss. Like, we're not doing that type of like whether it's the receivers, the running backs, whether it's me, like, you know, at some point you got to make a play, basically. And, 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 you know, Tyron Smith, I mean, there was a big play in the game, that holding penalty. But, you know, why, why are your hands on the outside and he's so strong and he held? Why? Why does he have – who is he blocking does he think is going to jump out there and catch Dak? Dak's gone. That, that, that's, that's done. That, that fake, he's on the inside. All you have to do is just get in the way because Dak is gone. Now he's worried about a linebacker. 
Tyron Smith doesn't need to be holding in the offensive line right there. So that that was probably one of the worst plays he's ever made because he's usually smarter than that. You know, you don't have to to make it look like whether he was holding or not, he didn't even have to make it close because that play was designed for Dak to get out there quickly and he's onto the linebacker or safety or corner, whoever. I'm, and nobody, actually. I'm about to sound like Joe from Flower Mound, but, I mean, there may, there's something to be said for not practicing, you know, at all yeah. or maybe, you know, at least not on Wednesday, sometimes not at all, and missing games, I mean. Yeah, you're rusty. You and and, like and not only that, but being injured. Like, yeah. who's going to say he's 100%? No, yeah. he's definitely not. So, so you're having to kind of, yeah. not only are you having to play, but you're having to kind of play knowing you got a little bit, oh, that groin kind of feels a little weird. Oh, my back yeah. feels a little weird. Like, it's not the same thing uh, as, I, as going into the season completely sure. healthy, you know? It's so, just, it's, you know. And he, in he a situa- played well. In a trying situation like this, like, you need you need other, you know, you need to compensate for things. You need people to step up. Just, like, that hasn't happened really across the board. Like, everyone that that they need to perform well really just hasn't. When does that play guys. get stopped? Back to the Back outside option? Like, yeah. Like, I, just every time? I mean, does it ever get that stopped is, from the yard? That is the most oh. frustrating thing the Cowboys are doing right now over these is last not using games. it enough? Is not using that enough because think about it. Most of the success that they had on offense have come on plays yeah. and that keeps the ball. And they, it seems like they'll do it once or twice a game and they're like, all right, we did it. We, we did it. So. I, I hear you and I think they could use it more, but I think you got to be careful with that too. Like this isn't college where you want him carrying the ball 15 times get it. a game. Like, give it, give it to me four times all, a game. All they got to do is read it right once, and he gets clobbered by a guy who weighs 290 pounds. And that's somehow different than the way he was getting clobbered in the pocket? I, Wait, I mean, that's that's a necessary risk of throwing the ball in football, though. Like, that happens. No, I understand that. All I'm saying, though, is I just think that if that's right now, if that's what your offense does best, I'm not saying you make your offense just the zone read, yeah. but I do think you no, should do it a little bit more yeah, than what they're wait, doing. Wait a, a second. Who's 290 pounds out there that's going to hit him? You say, you're saying maybe – Read it, option, like it's all on the end to read it the right way. I mean, okay. But you do it enough where the defensive end wants to read it and wants to stay out there, now you're – To the back. I, it I, opens up the running back. I, yeah, there's I, all these I, other I, things. Thank you. I know how the read option works. Like I know <laughs> the philosophy behind it. But you're still in a situation where Dak is a ball carrier right. more times than you would probably prefer. I, I get that. You could probably, you could definitely use it more than you have, and it seems like a guaranteed four, if not fifteen yards. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm not going to kill him for not just running Dak all the time. I guess my point is, I think you need that one thing that defenses say, "Man, we got to account for this," yeah. and it can be a big play on us because they don't have that without Zeke right now. That could be that thing for you that now we have to account for this quarter. How many times have have we seen the Cowboys in situations where they were playing quarterbacks, not great quarterbacks, but just quarterbacks that on that day were running well and it creates that one little extra thing you have to deal with that can open up things for other guys because it's that one thing you have to we've seen it work for the cowboys like even like it doesn't sound like a lot but like 30 yards from your quarterback on the ground could make i mean it's huge that's probably that's three to four first downs probably so yeah they could definitely do it more but That's like a, a pebble in the mountain of <laughs> rocks of problems facing this team right now. All right, we're going to take our final break. Come back. We'll get some questions. Call us. The number is 214-872-2102. Again, it is 214-872-2102. Or you can hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. This is The Break. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't go. 
credit, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.com cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, take it away. Well, you know, we've read some of these over and over, right? So, you know, that's okay to read the same one. So if that's the case, we should be able to say maybe one of Dave's best ones over and over. Like the time when you said, hey, if you're going to be caught with your pants down, which the Cowboys have done the last three weeks here, yep. and kind of they've been depantsed. Yep. When you're caught with your pants down, you want to be wearing Tommy John. Looks good, feels good. You have a chance to buy your own. It's like you get, you give that surprised look, like, oh, you just caught me in my underwear. But then you're like, mm, I got it. Yeah, yeah it's Tommy John. Yeah, baby. Like that, <laughs> oh, yeah, just, see, it's always better when we just let us deal with this. Uh, Tommy John read. All right, sh- shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. For 20% off your first order, TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Just take a little break. When we start this, just just take a break. No, you don't have to. I, 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 like, you I like you chiming into the <laughs> Don't let Tommy Nick Jones. speak for me. Okay. I think it's awesome. All right. I think well, you should always do that. Um, and also, morning. real quick, I just wanted to point out these fancy little cups that we have on set today. Pro Shop did a great job giving us these to show off a little bit if you want to go check them out. I actually got a great sale going on right yeah, now. Look who didn't get uh, one. <laughs> You got one. You decided not to use it as usual. Uh, Splatter Turvis Tumbler is what it's called, and right now it's on sale for $14.99, normally a $23.99 cup. So if you want to check it out, it might be a pretty good gift to give. Uh, check that out in the uh, Cowboys Pro Shop. Put my coffee on in it, and it was still hot when I finished Me it. Me too. My, it, my drink is still warm. Way to go. It's very, very good. Quality product from a right. quality company. Awesome. Now, let's move on. Let's get some questions. The number is 214-872-2102 or hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. We got a call first from George in Miami. George, what up? Good morning, guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thanks. You hey. hey, Nick, 100%. First round pick, get a fast receiver. Second round pick, get another fast receiver. Oh. <laughs> I blame... 
Jerry Jones and I blame Jason Garrett. That's a good way to start. This I mean, team is terrible. Uh, this team is. I'm sorry, but we need a change. Change of what? You look at uh, and change. Coach. Okay, example. You have Sean Lee, great player. He gets hurt. Who's the backup? Yeah. You have Tyron Smith. He gets hurt. Who's the backup? I'm tired of the Dallas Cowboys on free agent getting band-aid players. Not great players, not decent players, but okay players. This team is too better yet. You shine a guy from the Philadelphia Eagles, and then you cut him. Another example, you have McFad in the team. For how many weeks, never gets a snap. Now you cut him. Anthony, and please forgive me, I know I'm going a little bit crazy here. Anthony Brown, the most penalized player, you bench him, finally. Des Bryant, the number one receiver, and drop passes. You want, so Something what do you think about that, bench, with this yeah. Something right. has to give. All right, we thank you for the call. Um, I think I think to some degree that's a fair call because yeah. uh, you look at the track record of what's been happening over the last few years with regards to free agency specifically, and that's what he was mentioning there. And I think they've had enough examples of guys that they brought in as free agents that just didn't give them anything. And and it's what's going to what's going to happen when you're going the route of saying, well, we'll just let it fall to us. We'll take the bargain deals in free agency. Well, if you're going to take the bargain deals in free agency, you're probably going to bust a lot as well because there's a reason why that person or that player is a bargain, right? Yeah. I it mean, seems like, and I wrote this in our mailbag and I've said it other places too, is like they they base a lot of like there's this hope. They're like, well, we hope. We hope Jalen Smith will be ready to go if we need him. And we hope Jeff Heath can step in and be a really good starting caliber safety. And we hope uh, Alfred Morris and Derry McFadden are good enough to help us replace Zeke. And, like, all of that is just, nah, none of it's worked out. I mean, like, you can't say that they didn't have contingency plans. Like, they clearly planned, but they look like bad plans right now. Like, none of the stuff that they hoped would happen has really worked out the way they Isn't it always about hope, though? Don't you hope Demarcus Lawrence can be a pretty good player sure. at some yeah. point? I mean, I, I would think. And I, I and then, I mean, I, don't, I have a hard time. I have a hard time killing him for it. I mean, there's more. There's things that I'm more willing to be critical of than others. Like, I don't know that you ever should have thought that that your safety situation was good the way it was heading into the season. Like, I don't know that yeah. I agree with that. But I, you know. I, you know, it's sitting here, how would you have known until now that, that Chaz Green wasn't a viable option as your backup tackle? Like, I, I don't think it's fair to assume he would have been that bad based on what we saw. I don't think it's fair to assume that 2,000-yard back veteran backs aren't good enough to help you replace Ezekiel Elliott. I'm still, having watched it for three games, I'm still stunned at how inept this offense is without Zeke. I know he's great. It's still stunning to me. Yeah. Um, just everything we know about football and the way the running back position works tells you that it shouldn't just fall apart like that without a running back. And that's why, like, the McFadden thing was was just crazy to me because, you know, it's one thing if he's just some guy that, that you don't know a whole lot about, but he showed you two years ago, if you put him in the game, that he can do some good things for you. And to not even give him a try when Morris and Rod Smith aren't doing anything, I mean, they're, they're okay, but... But and the problem is a bigger problem. It's a it's a whole offense, you know, with the passing game and running game was okay, but they weren't doing anything special. He should have. He's deserved an opportunity to give something. And then you're just going to cut him. It, it doesn't make sense. So I mean, I agree with a lot of what the caller said. You also have to throw in that they have some players that they deem to be the best at their position across the board, and they paid them that way. Yep. And you know, I I hate to call this out, but the. 
the Dez contract, it now, I mean, looking at it now, it's it, it's one of those things where, you know, did they pay him based off of what he's done or did they pay him based off what they think he was going to do? Well, I think you got to remember, too, when Dez Bryant signed his deal, they were thinking he was going to be playing with that Phillip Rivers type of quarterback for at least the next two or three years. True. And he got two more games. That's true. He got two more games with Tony Romo. And, I mean, I think the... I think the talk about how bad Dak is is very exaggerated and to a degree very unfair considering where he is in his career. He, worst game of his career against Philadelphia, not trying to to hide that fact, but all things considered, I think it's a little overblown. But this offense like the, with with a young quarterback like this and and the, what they invested on the offensive line and the running back, they're not going to play that way. And and to Nick's point, I don't think it's I don't think it's unfair to Dak to say he's not in a place where he's that type of quarterback. Like he's not the guy that's just going to audible the whole thing to his own liking at the line like he's just not there yet and it's unreasonable to expect him to be but that hurts a guy like des bryant there's no way around it and he knows that at training camp he said i know that i'm not in an offense that's favorable to my skill set but i want to win that's and so i'm good which we'll see how that goes now that they're not winning games but so you know I think obviously it looks like a bad deal right now, but they had no idea what they were getting into yeah, when they signed true. him to that but, deal. But that does beg the question, though: if if he knows that, and we all kind of see that, then should they go into next year being willing to pay twelve million dollars? Like that's and it's not about Dez as a player. It's not saying Dez isn't a good player. It's saying for this offense and how this offense works, do you need to pay any receiver twelve million dollars? Yeah. Because that's not what this offense is built around. Probably, go ahead. I think he's going to be. He might be asked to take a pay cut, right? And he may not. You know, he's probably not going to want to do it. But you got to remember this: that if they cut him, he's going to take a pay cut. You're going to take a pay cut somewhere. Is it just you have the pride? Maybe. I mean, at the stage he is in his career, at his age, there's it's feasible to think that there's a team out there that may be willing to give him a one year deal. For twelve million dollars, right? He may not well, be able to get a long term. Yeah, if Terrell Pryor can get, yeah, that, he can make he can, can make twelve. Sure, to, I would sure. guess he can make twelve to fifteen next year somewhere. My, I just whether they let him make it here or not. I just keep going back to the thought that there's enough problems on this team. Your linebacker, your linebacker, your linebacker, linebacker. depth is terrifying. Uh, safety is a concerning spot. Uh, your offensive line depth is something you probably question. Your running back situation is in flux with you know, whatever's going. Whatever happens, is that a with, problem for you going forward? It, it's not a problem. A worry, I should say. It's it's something you need to address. Alfred Morris is in a contract year, and Ezekiel Elliott is what he is. He's coming off a six game suspension. That's something you need to think about. So yes, it's something they need to address one way or the other in the off season. You're creating a problem for yourself that you don't have by trying to get rid of your receivers. Like I know they haven't had good seasons. I refuse to believe that any of them are just vastly different players from the guys that were so successful last year. Mm-hmm. I think there's a litany of reasons why the offense hasn't been good. I think these receivers can be good if they're playing the way they want to play. In that three-run stretch after the bye week, uh, when Zeke was here and everything was clicking, they weren't putting up monster numbers, but they were doing their jobs and nobody was complaining about it. Yeah, and, and there's one thing that Caller said earlier, and the first thing he said was, yeah, I blame Jason Garrett and I blame Jerry Jones. It's almost hard to to blame both of them. Because if you're going to blame Jason Garrett on well, he's got all this talent and he's not doing any, you know, good job with it, then it's hard to blame Jerry Jones because he's gave him the talent. You know, it's usually 
sometimes you can say well, just blow the whole thing up, which we know that's not happening. So you know it's a waste of breath, anyways. But you know if 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 Garrett's not doing a good job with the talent he has, then it's really not about the talent. And if and if Garrett if they need more talent, then you know then you can. It's almost like you could say it's not his fault. So it's it, I don't think it could be one or the other. And, and if I had to take a side, I would say the talent is there. The talent is there, and I I just think that they're not doing good enough job during the week to kind of adjust to what's happened here with these injuries. Anytime a team is, in my opinion, can be as as good as they were last year, and you take one player out of the mix, and I guess in this instance you could say for the lack, for the for for purposes of the last three games, maybe take two players out of this mix. For it to make that big of a difference to me is amazing. Like that to me says that I kind of go with you that there's enough talent here. There's just not enough of an adjustment being made, whatever that adjustment is to be able to take advantage of the talent. When you lose a monumental player in that, in that, on that side of the ball, offense or defense, you know, the giants aren't any good. They beat them. The, the Cardinals are you know, average and they had a tough game and they, they, they beat them. The, the, they, beat, then they, they got hot and started beating the 49ers. The Redskins in the rain with absolutely no offensive linemen. The Chiefs, who now I, I don't think would be or the last five, I think they've I, lost. yeah, they would, the last six, they the last wouldn't six, make sorry. the BC or the playoffs here. The they, BCS, whatever they would. <laughs> Nobody's voting them in. Yeah, they wouldn't make it, and then, you know, and so and then they've lost some of these other games. So it's like this team's really not any good. Even I mean, Zeke or they've not, beaten like, bad teams. Yeah, I mean they're saying. they're just not good this year. This is not a good team. All I know is. And and we can talk to we're blue in the face about that, which we did not talk about the Redskins today. Glad I did all that prep last night. Sorry, no, it's fine. We'll get to that tomorrow. It's fine. I thought today was Thursday. It's all I know. Um, mm. They've got 15 guys on injured reserve, and they played that game on Thanksgiving without. So 25 guys, if you include specialists, 25 guys started for them in Week One on September 10th. Ten of them were out against the Giants. They won that game. They went to Seattle and beat Seattle. They lost to the Saints in a game that they should have they won. They had that game. But, hey, they were competitive as hell. They, t- I mean, they took it right down to the wire against one of the hottest teams in the league. So. And they're scoring 30 points on the Saints and the Vikings. But, but I'll ask they, you guys. They lost to the Vikings by eight as well. Like I, They're playing well for a team that is absolutely decimated. But let me ask you this question. Let's use the, the, the Redskins as an example. Who do you say are their best players, and are those the guys that are out? Well, yeah, they lost their best running back, just like the Cowboys. Now he's not as no, I, and I, I shouldn't say their best players. Who are the players that you would identify as the best player? Like the player that would be hardest to replace. Obviously, their quarterback would be one. They Cousins. haven't lost him. No, give me another guy like that. And are there any of those guys out for the season? They lost their All Pro left tackle for several games. Right, they did lost he play this last week. I know he was. He did play on thing. I think he played on Thanksgiving. Okay, I, I think so. Okay. Uh, actually, maybe, maybe I, so. I, I don't think. I don't no, think he didn't. Ty and Secchi played for him. So they, they missed him on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, uh, that's a huge one for them. Josh, right. Josh Norman missed several weeks. He's back now, but he was out for a long time. I mean, he's arguably or he's in the conversation of best corners in the NFL. Um, Chris Thompson is a Chris good. Thompson is their dynamic. I mean, he's been there. I actually thought their year. offense would probably take a step back without him, and it think, didn't well, seem like it did this eh, last week. And eh, we can get into that later. Like it maybe did, but they still won the game. Um, Terrell Pryor's out for the year. He's I mean, he hasn't had a great year, but they signed him to be a deep threat. Uh, Their whole offensive line has dealt with something at one position or another over the last six weeks. So, and their tight end Jordan Reed is he stayed? He's been he stayed banged, but that's his career. Like he's Mason Foster as well. Like one of their starting. I mean, they've lost some guys, and they're still chugging. 
All right. We appreciate you joining us tomorrow. We will get into more Cowboys versus Redskins <laughs> talk. Dave will give us a scouting report on both their offense and their defense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Amber Garcia, Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagles, and this has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!